housing's gonna just keep getting more expensive. And I'm telling a lot of my clients, look, you need to look at this. Like if you don't get in now, when it's uncomfortable, you might not be able to get in ever. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I am back with another special episode. I think we're going to call this the State of the Market episode, the State of the Market episode. I am here with David Green. You guys have heard David on here with me plenty of times before. And if you're living under a rock, you don't know who David is. But David is part of the, one of the, the co-hosts of the Bigger Pockets podcast. He is the uh, the head of the David Green team, big real estate team out in Northern California. They've got a mortgage brokerage, all sorts of things. And the special guest on our monthly David and Aaron news show, you know, that we're doing over here with the real estate rock stars. Sometimes it's semi-monthly. Sometimes it's who knows. It's it's twice a month. David and I just really like chatting. And we should have even hit record when we started chatting. It's always so much fun. What's up, man? Another sunny day in California. It's uh, Things are going pretty good out here. Another sunny day. So I live in Austin, Texas now. And a couple of days ago, it's like tornado weather. And then the next day, it's 70 and sunny. And then we... That is one thing you know that is different from my Northern California experience is the... Or when I lived... When I, I remember going to school to Central Coast in California mm-hmm. and they're like, sorry, it's really boring here. It's just 70 degrees and sunny every day. It is. It's not like that when you leave and you go other places. So you enjoy your 70 and sunny. At least it gets foggy sometimes for you. Were you there that on the GoBundance trip when we went to the lake? It was one of the, the summer events yeah. and the rainstorm hit us. Yeah, that was crazy. So the we were out. So that was maybe two summers ago out here maybe maybe longer it was i was there yumi and brandon we actually got a good picture when we went to the the place you could surf it was like a man-made lake where they made surf yeah i i know you were there because you and i were the first two to go on the jetpack with the jet yes and then we went up to the lake and we wrote we we went in these things where yeah we got to kind of they put jetpacks on your feet where we went out on jet skis and you'd like fly over the water like 20 feet in the air Mm -hmm. and yeah and we're riding jet skis and by one o'clock all of a sudden it was like crazy thunder lightning we're out on jet skis and almost racing to get back like will we get back before we die in a in a thunderstorm out here that's what i remember about it is there was like a little sprinkle of rain and a cloud and all of a sudden people are sprinting past me with their lawn chairs and their bags they're in this like like dead sprint and i'm like what is going on you know is, is there like a mass murder out here that i didn't see and it's because those locals know oh it's about to completely drench us and within maybe five to six minutes it was as much rain as you can imagine rain like you look like you got in the shower with your clothes on yeah. we were all trying to get back to the bus and so that austin weather is very unpredictable it, it is unpredictable and, the, and it was 90 degrees still so it's yeah. like it's 90 degrees but yes the people the, the locals i've learned from them that they can kind of sense when a storm is about to be yes crazy and they know how bad it can get so that's a great segue for us because that's kind of what's happening with the real estate market right now, right? It went from relatively normal hot to complete thunderstorm. And now everybody's trying to figure out, is it going to stay like this or is it going to go back? And it's not an easy market to navigate right now. It, it is It is not an easy market to navigate at all. You know, I would say over, 
almost everywhere in the U.S. over the last 12 months, prices have been going up, going up, going up, going up. And people are trying to see, how do I get my offer accepted? And then there's been a lot of people like buying houses and holding them and selling them. There's people buying new construction when it gets released, knowing that when the time, by the time they close on it, they could flip it, never move into it and sell it for more. But then also some signs this month that it's like, all right, maybe it's starting to slow down again. I mean, those were the articles that I pulled up for us to talk about today, because there's just as many articles saying we're in a bubble and it's about to burst as there are saying we got tons of runway left. (laughs) That's what's so hard for the people who are trying to figure this out. It is so hard. And I don't even, and I'm a guy, I live, breathe everything, real estate and values and what's happening in the market. And I've been pushing really, really hard this last few months. And even just the last few days, I'm like, man, is it, should I, should I wait a month and kind of watch it out or not? Like the, and it's tough to know from any of the stats because you're still feeling like you're at historic lows. It's just kind of like this feeling in the air and you're like, Mm -hmm. but is it, is it real? Is it induced? Are you seeing any slowdown in listings getting sold, offers getting getting made on properties out there? No, it's it's honestly the opposite. We are seeing it. It was hot. It's been scalding hot. It feels like right now it's getting to the point where it's almost too hot to even work, that there's so many buyers and such little inventory that maybe I'd say maybe 20% of the people that are reaching out to me right now to buy a house, I'm turning them away. It's, I have this analogy that like one of the worst things in life that ever happens to you is to be in a fight, a physical fight, when you don't want to be fighting. It's just a terrible feeling. And so there's certain things in life where you really need to count the cost before you get into it. Like the Bible has an example where it talks about if you're going to build a house, make sure you have enough money to finish the house. Because if you get halfway through, you run out of money, you've got no money and no house. It's the worst thing you could do. Don't get in a cage fight unless you're really ready to be in a fight. Because you're going to go in there competing with buyers that are willing to be in a cage fight, that need a house, that see what's happening with appreciation, that believe in the market. And if you if you have some skepticism there that you don't know if this is where you want to be and you're not committed, maybe you just shouldn't get in at all because you're competing with people that don't have that. So what we've been seeing is for a, a person that has a certain criteria with what they want in a property, there just is no inventory for them. You're not in Northern California, in the Bay Area or Sacramento, there's not a house that you'll be able to get. So we're really having to be picky about which buyers we even take on. We did a, um, an audit of the team two days ago, and we saw we have 150 buyers that have signed buyer representation agreements that we are actively speaking with, looking for properties. And that's about five agents working with them. So there are, we're averaging about 30 buyers per agent with their staff that helps them. And there's just too many. We can't field all of the questions people have about the market and all the concerns they have because it's moving so fast. Yeah, the figuring out to decide, like, do you think people are going to start getting fatigued too? Like, so I know agents are getting fatigued, like, like turning down a buyer, it's getting to the point where they're like, we can't win. Mm-hmm. I think buyers will get fatigued. And so they're just going to say, you know what, I'm going to sign another lease and I'll stay in this house for another year. Like, do you think they're still feeling this like need? Or do you think after they write 20 offers, they just go, I'm tired of this. I'm going to. It's a good question. I think it depends on the person. So here's the problem. Let, let's say you average 10 offers on every property. So you're assuming there's 10 buyers for every house. If half of them get fatigued and say, I don't want to do it, there's still five buyers for that same house. And so those people that got fatigued and said, well, I'm just not going to do it. And so, and the question would be, is that going to change the market? Is the lack of buyers just going to mean the demand goes down and the price is stabilized? Well, no, because you still got five of them all chasing after one house. I, I think the deeper problem, and we'll dig into this with some of the, the uh, articles you have here, 
is that since 2007, we haven't really built new houses. There's not inventory, but people that were at 1.16, 10 years later are turning 26 and they're ready to buy a house. Even if people stopped having babies right now, all the people that are still alive are getting to the age where they want to own a home and we haven't built anything for these people. So we've got this crunch of lack of inventory and then you throw into it stimulus, you throw into it low interest rates, you throw into it COVID concerns where people want their own space. And it's hard for me to see how that's a bubble. It's, it's probably more of just a failure on our part as, uh, as you know, politicians to create a market where enough houses were being built for the people that want them. Yeah, there was, what was that graph that was really flying around social media this week? And I think I want to say that it was, it broke it up into decades and it said like between 1990 and 2000, like 22 million houses were built. And then between 2000 and 2010, 23 million houses were built. And then 2010 to 2020, 5 million. It was like, it was going up, going up. Now, part of that is in 2009, the, the foreclosure crisis of like 07 to 09 hurt builders more than it hurt anybody, right? Builders got just smashed. I was a home builder back then. And I just remember just so many new homes. And then, so then for several years, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013, no one was building houses because the market was, you were still buying foreclosures or you were still buying stuff and fixing it up. And why would you do the effort of building a new home for a 10% profit when you could buy a foreclosure and make a 10% profit? I think that that probably, so starting the decade, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, not buying any houses. Now they're starting to, but they definitely need to catch up. So I think inventory becomes that huge part of it, even on rentals. So we looked at this today. So in Colleen, Texas, I have a lot of rentals there. And we looked at active rentals on the market on Zillow. And it was, I think it was 54 houses on the market there or 40. It was like 40 or 50 on the market in that town. 20 of them are mine. So half of them are ones that I own. But a year ago, there was 700 in a month, you know, that were just, just active rentals at any given time. There were 700 and now there's 40 or 50 rentals uh, on the market. And you go, that is, so that's an inventory thing too. But as we, I'm going to share my screen and grab a couple of these that kind of go into, you know, what we were just talking about as it jumps from one to another. So there's, here's one that kind of represents what you were just saying. The Fed is watching housing carefully. This is from Business Insider. I've been getting a lot of stuff from Business Insider lately. They had me on a webinar and I started looking deeper into the, the articles are doing pretty good. April 28th, this came out. The Fed is watching housing carefully and hopes builders catch up to the red hot market. That's funny. A week ago, Fed is carefully they, watching housing. They hope builders will catch up. Yeah. Not, there's a plan to help builders catch up. Yeah. So he hopes builders will and come up with more supply. You know, and so it says by several measures, US housing market is running at its hottest since the mid 2000 bubble. Kind of what we were just talking about. I'm going to see if there's anything else in here. We've been underbuilding for years now. What they're saying is National Association of Realtors. And it says that it was a direct fallout from the 2008 crisis. Man, it makes it sound like we knew what we were talking about there for a second. The other, but I had another one here. That said, yeah, the fears of the pandemic-induced foreclosure wave. Yeah, so oh, so of the seven. Oh, ease. Okay. Yeah, the, the easing. Seven point one homeowners who were granted forbearance during the pandemic, two thirds have already left. You know that wave. I had one too that was about on the. Let me see. I'm, people that are watching us on on YouTube, you can see how my brain works hmm. on here. There was one on here. So lumber, rising lumber costs. Yes. We'll add thirty six k to new home sales too. So you've got. 
uh, the Fed saying we need to keep keep up with housing. You know, we need more housing, right? So that's the that we'll start with that inventory thing, and we'll keep jumping back and forth in these articles. Then Inman has the article that says rising lumber costs add thirty six thousand to new home sales prices. Yep. You you mentioned there. What do you think they'll do for stimulus to try to get builders to build more of those houses? I I don't think they will. I think if anything happens, just based on what current political decisions tend to be, is they'll try to create like a low housing stimulus. If you build property for for people to keep affordable, I should say affordable housing, mm-hmm. they'll get maybe stimulus to builders to do that type of thing. But that still doesn't have any impact on the people that have done financially well, that have good jobs, that are having the shortage of housing where I think the big crunch is coming from in a lot of the big markets. And I should probably add, this is really relevant information for real estate agents because you need to start having these conversations with your clients who are going to say what Aaron just said. You know what? Maybe I just need to back out of this thing. This is red hot. Anytime it gets this bad, we're heading to a cliff. I'm going to wait for prices to drop because it's hard for me to see right now, objectively speaking, an argument that would support a price drop happening anytime soon. Yeah. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything. Unlimited properties, tenants, and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many comments. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, Rent Ready, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, Rent Ready is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50. That's Rockstar50. And sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at rentready.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get Rent Ready for only $54. Yeah, I think that the I think with so much intervention, right? There's there's rates that will continue to you know, if rates go up, right? Houses become less affordable, price price goes down a little. And it's also the old thing we tell our clients in real estate too, like how long are you going to live in that house? Mm. You know, because if you're going to live in that house for 3 years or 5 years, like look at your kids, look at how old they are, is this house going to be the house that you're going to have till they graduate from elementary or high school or wherever, right? And what do you think housing prices are going to be worth then? Because, you know, I don't know what they'll be like. I would say right now, if I had to bet, I would say a year from now, houses prices will be more than they are today, right? Not financial advice disclaimer, but I think we've got another year. But I would say, but if you said what it will be like two years from now, I would have a tough time guessing 
that. But if you said, what about five years from now? I'd say <laughs> it's going to be worth more than today. And what about 30 years from now? Right. And then 30 years from now is a slam dunk that there's no way houses will be worth. So that's kind of when I take myself out of this thing. I mean, did you hear the stat I heard the other day that 33% of all the money that's ever been printed by the U.S. government was printed in the last 12 months? Yeah. I heard someone say that's mind boggling that since the country was created, a third of all of the money that we've ever put into circulation was in the last 12 months. If you look at what home prices have done in an appreciation standpoint over 30 years, and then you tack in how much money we're making, it, it should dwarf that over the next 30 years. And I think that's really the answer to a lot of people that want to buy, but they're, they're worried that it might be the wrong time or it might be too hot. Man, if you look at this from a 30-year perspective, yeah. It's hard to see that it would be a bad idea to buy anywhere that wasn't a bad neighborhood or, you know, an area where we're going to get bad tenants or something like that. Do you remember when a Whopper used to cost a dollar at Burger King? <laughs> I remember the Taco Bell commercials that were $69.79.99. Yeah. Remember that? I just Googled how much is a Whopper. Okay. Right? And, and so I want to explain inflation on the simplest level to people. So... Let's see. So when Whopper, I was in high school when a Whopper was 99 cents. So the, so it's 23 years ago, you could buy a Whopper for 99 cents today. Do you know how much a Whopper is? No. $4 and 19 cents. <coughs> so the, I used wow. to get a Whopper for a dollar and now it costs $4 for a Whopper. Now, what does that really mean? That means if I would have bought a house 23 years ago, my payment would have been, you know, a thousand dollars a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and then today it's paying it back with the same amount of money that, so if I was going to buy a house back then, it was, I was going to pay them a thousand whoppers. Yep. And, but if I'm making my payment today, I only have to pay them 250 whoppers. So my, my, my money goes further. Or it, it does not, it does not go as far today. It's, you know, so, so later, if we're making it, if you sign up for a mortgage today and you're paying $2,000 a month, 10 years from now, that 2000 is going to be a much smaller percentage of your income. Yes. It's going to be less whoppers than it costs today. It's going to be, you're going to have to sacrifice less to make that payment. And so that is the, it's really tough to say, it's tough to say, you know, in six months will it be worth less. A year will it be worth less. It's really easy to do the five, 10, 30 year game. Yeah. And I think that's a smarter way to look at it. What you said is how many whoppers does a house cost? Because it's, it's the actual value of a dollar has shifted so much. I, I can't even rely on that to make financial decisions anymore. I was having a conversation with my team last week and I said, do you guys ever even, what do you do with your change? If you ever even use cash, is there any value to a nickel? Can a nickel do anything for me or a penny? At a certain point, we're just going to get rid of pennies. What's the point of having it? Right? I, I don't even think change is used for anything. There was a time when I was young where you could buy something with your change. <laughs> it's a small thing, but you could. What can you use change for now? Dude, the quarter machines, you need two quarters in now. If you want to get a, like a gumball uh-huh. a quarter machine, now they have it set where you drop two quarters in that to spin it. My, and my kids love doing that. The other, we were, we were down at the beach this week and they're like, yeah, can you get us more quarters? So I gave them like $5 and they came back with like four things. So I was like, I thought it was a quarter machine. It was yeah. like, yeah, but it wasn't just one quarter for everything. So it's, so that is one of those bets that happens when we're printing all that money. Uh, we see inflation, and so if you're trying to understand inflation, just know it, it. You know, 20 years ago to buy a house, it would have cost you a thousand whoppers a month, mm-hmm. and today you'd only be giving them 250 whoppers. So it's going to be easier to make that payment as time goes on. 
because money, uh, it costs more money to buy the same things. And then when we're talking about, you know, go- government intervention, it says uh, this the next article from Inman, April 28th says the Fed maintains commitment to not raising interest rates. The ongoing public health crisis continues to weigh in the economy and the risk to economic outlook remain. And so it gets to talk about that. Now, one, as we go into a couple other things, so then we've got like bubble trouble, just four stats that'll give you hope and four that won't. So the, oh, before that, uh, I was going to ask you, they've talked about doing a new home buyer stimulus again. I remember when they did it back in 2009 or 2010, somewhere in there. Yeah. Where if you bought a new house, they'd be like, hey. It's like 7,500 bucks, I think I got yeah, back when I did it. Yeah, 7,500 bucks. You buy the house and when you file your taxes, you get 7,500 bucks back. And then they made it to where when you buy a house, we'll actually give you the check for 7,500 next week. Hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll pay you your tax credit early. And that brought more buyers to the table. What impact, if any, do you think that would have to the housing market right now? Do we need more buyers coming into the housing market right now? Yeah. It shows the Fed is, the government is trying to do something to put money in people's pockets. They're just very out of touch with the best way to do that. Because I think we don't need more buyers. Most people want to buy a house. What we need is more houses for people to buy. Yeah. I think I think you were spot on. And the I had Darren Bloomquist, the v- vice president of auction.com on here. And that was the exact thing that he said. Are you just seeing my my uh, one window again when I went back to my share my screen? Or do you see my the whopper? No, I see your window. All right, cool. Yeah, so the, that was the same thing he said too. So that's such it's so out of touch. Before when we did it, we needed more buyers because the market was still falling and people were scared to buy a home. You need to incentivize them and say, hey, buy a home now, even though prices are going down, because we're gonna give you a tax credit. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to help more. All that'll do is 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 you know, raise no, if anything, they should say we're going to get rid of capital gains taxes for people that are selling real estate specifically because we want more real estate to hit the market. Uh, but what we see is the opposite. They're going to raise capital gains taxes. So now if you have real estate, you were going to sell, but you're going to get higher taxes. Maybe you don't. That creates more of a shortage in inventory. Dude, that is brilliant. Yes. What if they just said no, no capital gains tax anymore? Any house you sell right now is tax free. Then yeah, they can tax like uh, art and stocks and, and other things, but real estate specific, we're going to ease it up there. Yeah, you, re- you, you ease it up on real estate. All of a sudden, you will no longer have a supply problem because mm-hmm. home builders aren't going to catch up. They aren't going to be able to build 15 million in houses in the next two or three years to make up for the downfall from the last 10, mm-hmm. especially now with, uh, you know, with all the prices going up. So this article said, bubble trouble, four stats will give you hope and four that won't. I should have read the rest of this the first time so I'd see it. So the troubling numbers, the number of licensed realtors, 1.4 million. That's a higher than any other month in NAR's data, which goes all the way back to 1910. So a couple of years ago, it was 1.3 million. Now it's 1.48. So it's almost one and a half million. Um, in just the last two years, there's just 200,000 more agents, which is maybe a 15% gain in the last two years. I thought that's surprising though. No, I think when there's a lot of people that either lost their jobs or realized that they got their hours cut, COVID affected their industry. So they all thought, hey, I'll just go become a real estate agent. And now they're kind of flooding the market. Yeah. Next stat says added cost of a new home due to rising lumber prices, Mm -hmm. $35,872. So we talked, we saw that on that other article too. We had a similar problem with steel. China manages a lot of the steel and they were limiting what was coming to us during uh, COVID-19. So like bigger commercial buildings going up and high rises became much more expensive too. So they weren't building those as much. 
I remember in 2006 and 2007, we started buying drywall from China and plywood from China because our own costs had gone up so much. And I actually saw it on a Facebook post a couple of days ago. Somebody said, hey, is there any reason I shouldn't buy this plywood from China? Because it's a lot cheaper than the other one. I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally a reminder of you know, when we're running low on that or, but yeah, the no steel, the no, the no anything. The next stat is to be afraid of number of construction workers, seven and a half million. In addition to rising material costs, one of the ongoing problems when it comes to housing supply is the labor shortage. This shortage predates the pandemic and economists recently told Inman that beginning after the last housing bubble, many workers left the construction industry. And I remember in 2008 and 2009 specifically, when we started buying, you know, foreclosures, and at first we were able to hire a lot of construction guys because there were so many construction workers. That was like the biggest gig in town. Everybody worked in construction, but then they did all these programs to teach people other businesses. So guys that were framers, you know, or finished carpenters, like really, really skilled trade, they would put them through school to teach them how to do a different business because it's like, Hey, there's going to be no more construction. Let's teach you. They changed industries. And they didn't come back. There's no new apprentice program. So there's that's why there's there's such a shortage of framers and finished carpenters because it takes 20 years to become a good one. Yes. You know, so let's there's it takes 20 years to become a good one or or a long period of time. Let's also take into consideration the fact that if you're 18 to 22, no one wants to go work in the sun in construction. Now they're all being told get into tech get into e-commerce, get into crypto, get into NFTs. They're at, most people in that age range are looking for the quick, easy win. And you're hearing them say things like, man, why do I want to work for a living? I want to retire at 26 and I want to make money online. And that's obviously a stereotype, but I think we can agree that there's way more of the labor pool that's skewing that direction. All right. So it takes you, you've got these people that over the next five years would less of them are getting into construction and then it takes a long time once you're in there to even get good at it. I'm looking like through this forecast of that means that people who work on housing are going to become more and more and more in short supply. There's going to be less of them, which means that skill is going to be that much more valuable and that should affect real estate prices. Now, if they develop a way to 3d print a house, I see maybe that could have some impact on this market, Mm -hmm. but even then, where are you going to build those houses? It's not in most big cities, they're built out. There's not a whole lot of vacant lots. They can just throw up 3D printed houses. So my guess is real estate prices for the future are just not going to go down. They're going to go up even faster. And so I I love talking about this because there's this big debate of, well, is there a crash coming or is it going to, it can't be sustainable. And I'd say, no, this can be sustainable. If we keep printing money and we keep interest rates low, and other industries like healthcare, that's not going away. We need healthcare workers more than ever with what's happening with this pandemic. And uh, the tech world, they just keep on doing better and better and better. Housing's going to just keep getting more expensive. And I'm telling a lot of my clients, look, you need to look at this. Like if you don't get in now, when it's uncomfortable, you might not be able to get in ever. There is a sector, I think, of blue collar workers, teachers uh, in most areas like first responders, the employees that work at like AutoZone or something that could typically get a starter house that are looking at a future where you cannot buy a house at the income level that they're making. That's what scares me about like what we're doing right now. 
I was hoping I could type in like Tokyo, Japan, and see what housing prices were there. But the I don't know that that, that doesn't come up on Zillow, David. If you type in uh, Tokyo, <laughs> Japan, because I think about some of those places where there's a there's there's these big cities in other countries that have dealt with hyperinflation and all these different things before, where now housing prices are these these crazy crazy numbers. Where it's like a status symbol to own a house in that yes. area, right? It used to be the American dream. You can go in there. You're the guy that lays the concrete for a construction company. You get a starter house. You throw some sweat equity into it. You hold it for five to 10 years. You, you move up. You buy in a nicer neighborhood. Real estate could build you wealth. It could get you from zero to 100 grand or something. I, I'm afraid of a future where unless you have the 100 grand, you're not even getting into the game. You cannot buy into that poker game unless you're coming with a lot of money. Yeah. The barriers to entry right now are still low, uh, even in this competitive market, and being able to convince our buyers out there to stay the course, you yes. know, as we get to work hard and look at things and compared to, you know, how that deal works. You know, last month was the, in January and February was the first time since COVID started that prices appreciated faster than income did. And so that's a small shift. And that was one of the things that Darren had talked about too, is for the last year, Income's been going up faster than prices. Yes. And no one talks about that, Aaron. Like This is one of the scripts that I think agents should use with their clients. When someone specifically says, I don't know, houses are just so expensive. This is unsustainable. I say, do you realize that housing prices are based on debt to income ratios? Okay. So in order for a lender to pre-approve someone to buy that house that you say is too expensive, their income has to qualify them to do so. In order to have a high debt to income ratio, you have to have high income. I don't hear anyone complaining about their boss paying them too much and saying these wages are unsustainable. My company needs to stop paying. Right. Don't so give much. me a raise next yeah. year. This is ridiculous. The, the labor yeah. that but that's a huge piece of this is that in a lot of areas like the Austins and the Seattles and the San Francisco's and the uh, what are some other ones that we've seen like Miami where prices are just going up, up, up. The tech sector has moved in there and wages have really, really inflated. Yeah. All right, real estate rockstars. I'm going to actually take a break right here. You know, David and I, we love doing this. We talk so much that I'm going to say this is the end of today's interview, but obviously we were just getting started and there's going to be so much more. So come back in a few days to listen to the second half of my interview with David Green. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, 
Go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.